one of the things I've found is that a lot of times Model United Nations simulations and to end up simulating the host country's way of government. So for instance, when That's we go to the United Kingdom, they have lobbying. Right. And when they're going up and giving speeches, it's not uncommon for somebody to yell out at somebody else. Point of order, is it appropriate for the delegate to be speaking and not wearing a, a, a tie and a jacket? And they have to go back down and get the tie and the jacket because they have the questions to the prime minister. They're used to right. kind of a rowdy confrontational style of debate. And our, our students in the United States aren't used to that. So they, they incorporate a little bit of that into their uh, debate. So. Welcome to the Model United Nations podcast by Best Delegate. I'm your host, Ryan Villanueva, and on this show, I show you how Model UN brings out the best in students around the world. In this episode, I finish my interview with John Remmel, the MUN director at Santa Margarita Catholic High School in South Orange County. And John and I talk about the different styles of Model UN around the world. So if you're new to Model UN, you might think of MUN as a single activity that's just done by different students where they're simulating the UN. But the truth is there's a lot of differences between how Model UN is done in the United States versus how it's done in Europe, uh, Asia, and even uh, how Model UN compares to the real United Nations. And John and I get into that. Um, we get in deep with the language of MUN, the procedure and how it differs in different parts of the world, um, and what that means for teaching students. And also, John shares his own experience attending a conference in Vienna, Austria, that Best Delegate helped organize with the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, where we got to explore very deeply uh, what are the differences between Model UN and the real UN? So this is an episode that if you're new to MUN, uh, should be really interesting to hear the differences. For those of you who are already experienced in Model UN, you've probably already noticed some of these differences by going to different conferences in different countries. And uh, we get really, really deep into that. So for me, this is a fascinating episode and a great way to end my interview with John. And please enjoy. So, I mean, this is incredible. Like you've, um, I'll add one more dimension to this. Like not only does Santa Margarita go to all these different countries and all these different conferences, right? Um, you're actually, your students experience different styles of Model UN. So for people who are listening who are new to Model UN, there's actually like different styles of Model UN. And your students do what I would think of as like traditional or let's say the American style of Model UN. Yes. There's a European style of Model UN that's advanced by the Hague, uh, the yep. Hague International Model UN. Uh, there's a crisis style of Model UN where students role play um, like uh, political leaders, not diplomats. They'll role play being president of the United States or prime minister of Canada or, or whomever, right? Leading uh, their cabinet. Um, and your students are actually experienced in a style of model UN that was conceived, uh, at the United Nations. Um, you've been using the term like informal consultation. Yes. That's actually, that's actually a key term that's specific to United Nations procedure today. Yes. And that 
you know, for the, again, those of you listening, like informal consultation just means like diplomats talking, like they're just like it's talking. That's what we call caucusing in MUN. Well, so this is the funny yeah. thing, right? In the real United Nations, they think of talking like just informally at a conference as informal consultation is like the keyword they would use for that. In model UN conferences in the United States, we use the word caucusing, which is like what's done in Congress. Right. But they don't use that key term at the United Nations. Like no. that's just not their word for it. One of the things I've found is that a lot of times model United Nations simulations and to end up simulating the host country's way of government. So for instance, when that's we go to the United Kingdom, they have lobbying. Right. And when they're going up and giving speeches, it's not uncommon for somebody to yell out at somebody else. Point of order. Is it appropriate for the delegate to be speaking and not wearing a, a, a tie and a jacket? And they have to go back down and get the tie and jacket because they have the questions to the prime minister. They're used to right. kind of a rowdy confrontational style of debate. And our, our students in the United States aren't used to that. So they, they incorporate a little bit of that into their uh, debate. So. So, so this is a fascinating, I think fascinating, um, like theory about Model UN is that um, Model UN, as it was kind of started in the United States, um, and actually the first Model UN conferences apparently were in like 1943, 1944, before the actual founding of the United Nations. And it was a, it was a derivation of Model League of Nations. And so students were, frankly, they had to like make up the rules of procedure before the United Nations actually could come up with rules of procedure. Right. And like one theory is that, yes, yeah, so they borrowed it from American congressional procedure. And that's why we use the term caucusing. And then in Europe, in the Hague, Netherlands, it was British uh, expat teachers who were the ones that kind of like got the Hague started, the Hague model UN started, and they knew British parliamentary procedure. So they were using terms like lobbying. And, you know, very formal kind of parliamentary debate style procedure, right? And the story behind, you know, I think that this all leads up to, it's funny to me, is that the United Nations actually didn't realize this was going on until like the 2000s. Uh, when a gentleman we both know by the name of Bill Yodiv, um was a UN officer there and started like, I don't know, visiting model UN conferences and like hearing all these keywords like caucusing and lobbying and realizing like, we don't say that at the United Nations and started studying like, okay, why is model UN different than the United Nations? Um, and it's just ironic, right? Because we all think it's like modeling the United Nations when actually yeah. there are all these it's key not, differences. It's not, it's not really. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the, the other thing is that the, the real United Nations does is uh, doing things by consensus. That no, I, was, I was thinking the exact thing. Yeah. And part of that is because the nature of the high school student is not necessarily built for that. You know, in high school, we're used to putting kids in groups and you have group projects and you in this group and everybody's in sure. a different group and everybody does their different project and they present the project. And that is kind of the model for what we do when we write resolutions. But that's not right. the way the United Nations does it. They're not doing group projects. <laughs> they're, right. they're, they're doing something together as, as everybody's working together. Uh, so it's a little bit different. So part of the the... Wait, reason we do it differently is because we're doing, we're working with a different group of people. But yeah. part of it is just we, nobody ever sat, there's no central structure to Model United Nations. And that was what's so great about Best Delegate is there's now it's kind of a centralized hub of information for people that are looking to start or refine their programs and things like that. But 
I think that that's one of the things we're starting to use at our conferences, words like informal consultations. Mm-hmm. My students will say to me, but Mr. Roman, we call that a caucus. And I say, well, if we start people training people, their first conference they go to and say, this is informal consultation, eventually that may catch on. And an, another, another one of my missions is the death of general debate. You understand what general <laughs> debate is. Oh, man. And you probably hate it. And that's why I'm out to kill it. General debate for people that aren't aware is when you give your policy speech, you don't talk about solutions. So at our conference, there is no general debate and substantive debate. Everything is whatever you want to say. If you want to talk about your policy, talk about your policy. If you want to talk about your solutions, talk about your solutions. If you want to talk about your policy and your solutions, knock yourself out. You got two minutes to do it. Do whatever you want. So. So let me, let me unpack this. Okay. Well, I got something else for you. Yeah. yeah, Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. The other thing is we do not have at our conference time wars. You're familiar with a time war is it's where you make a motion for a two minute speaking time. Somebody else makes a motion for a minute and 30 (laughs) seconds. Somebody makes a motion for two minutes and 30 seconds. Somebody makes a motion for one minute. Then we vote on all these motions and they all fail. So we have to make more motions to set the speaking time. So our speaking time at our conference is set at two minutes at the very beginning. Nobody can change it until the very end of the conference where the chair can make a change in the interest of fairness and time, making sure everybody gets the same amount of time to speak. And same thing with comments. There's two 30-second comments. There's no debate about this except at the end of the conference in the interest of fairness and time. They can change that number to go up or down, make it shorter or longer, depending on what they need to do to accomplish that for their committee. Okay. I love this. I I feel like this, this past like five minutes has been for the real, like, all right, for the hardcore MUNers, you want to get into the nuances of procedure? Like, here we go. So let me kind of unpack and like bring this back up again. And there's, I think a really important distinction for people to realize about model UN is something you said that there's actually no central governing body for model UN. So uh, not the United Nations, the UN obviously has huge influence for what we do in model UN, but there's no like formal committee at the UN that like tells us all, you know, yeah, what they're, makes they're model dealing UN with other not. stuff. They got a lot of, other yeah, they've got, you know, actual <laughs> global issues to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's uh, no central governing body, like best delegate. Like you said, we're more of a central source of information. Like we just, we collect all the info, we turn it into resources yeah. and training and that's how we make our impact. And we hope that we identify, like, here are the trends. Here's what different conferences are doing. Here's what we believe are best practices, right? But, you know, it's, you know, we just write about it and we, we train people in it. Um, there are different organizations within Model UN that have, like, a little bit more of an association going. So we keep referring to Thyman, the Hague International MUN. That probably is, like, the most established, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I would like in the United States, we used to have the United Nations Association that set a sort of standard for conferences. Mm-hmm. I would argue like National High School, MUN, um, sets a sort of standard, Harvard MUN, Berkeley MUN. Like there's certain conferences that I think in the US we kind of look up at and we're like, okay, cool, how they're doing things like works and mm-hmm. we should do it. But you know, this this is this is a structural thing that partly what makes it so difficult for students and teachers to get started in Model UN is the lack of a central organizer and therefore centralized resources, which is why Best Delegate 
we try to develop like standardized resources for students and teachers to use, while at the same time allows for this opportunity, like for yourself and other educators where, hey, at our conference, like we want to try something different, right? Or in the interest of fairness and time, or we want to just do something that we think just better reflects our educational values and like what we're trying to, you know, teach students. And there's no one to tell you no. It's just like, all right, are students going to show up or not? Are schools going to show up or not? And so it allows you to be very entrepreneurial uh, and experimental, which is pretty cool. Um, but it requires kind of segments like this where it's like, all right, pause, everybody. Like John is talking about how they do things in Southern California. Some of that will apply to everybody else. Right. Some of it, right. we kind of need to explain some of the nuances here. Right. And the, the other thing that, we, that started, I, it wasn't our school started, but somebody on the speakers list you know, on the speakers list, you cross out the speaker that just spoke. What schools are doing now, I think it was Huntington Beach that started this, but I'm not sure. But it might have been somebody else. But anyway, they also write the person that commented on the speech as well underneath the speaker and cross out that person as well. So everybody can see who's been called on. Because oftentimes, students will complain, oh, they're not calling on me. They're calling on sure. this other person all the time. If you have a speakers list where everybody can see who has spoken, and who is called on that shows everybody that things are being fair, that they are trying to distribute the comments out amongst everybody. Right. So I think that's a, a good way to keep track of it. But I really like the video that you put together with the introduction to what is MUN. Oh, and nice. for anybody that wants to start an MUN program, I'd say that's a great thing to show your students. It's only three minutes or something like that. The other video that, that I pair with that is the Simpsons MUN video. I don't know if you've ever seen this. <laughs> I just so saw that go, like last week. I was watching if, it again. If, if you go into YouTube and type in <laughs> Simpsons MUN, oh, yeah. I think the video clip is actually called Trinidad and Tobago at the, the MUN or something like that. Yeah. The episode is called Das Bus. And the <laughs> Simpsons are going to a Mall of the United Nations conference. And on the way to the Mall of the United Nations conference, the bus crashes and the entire episode is the Lord of the Flies. So it's actually a Lord of the Flies episode, but the setup to why they're on the bus yeah. crashes and becomes the Lord of the Flies is they're on an MUN conference. And yeah, it, it is the, the opening scene where they're actually practicing in their classroom. Yes. Like the yep. Bard and Lisa and all the kids. Yep. And at first point, they're point like, of odor, Lisa stinks. <laughs> yep. Do you um, just want to squabble and waste time, or do you want to be like the real UN? Okay, I'm definitely including that in the show notes, a link to yeah. the video. I'm glad you oh, brought yeah. that up. The, um, the, the, the banner on the bus says, peace at any cost. And it's a, <laughs> as a picture of a dove with a, of the, uh, machine gun. Yeah. That, not not that, quite the, the, the spirit of the UN. <laughs> well, speaking of the spirit of the United Nations, um, so there's one particularly shared memory, all right, of like, you know, between you and me, again, I've known you ever since I was a student, right? Through high school, through college, after starting Best Delegate, you know, and kind of joining this community of like fellow MUN educators. Um, you attended a conference that Best Delegate helped organize in Vienna, Austria, with the United Nations office on drugs and crime and can you can you just tell me just share with me and the audience like your experience of like going to that conference oh, this I, is like I think I think I think that's got that's got to be as 20 2018 or 2017 
I think 20, okay, four years ago, I think 2018. Okay. Um, it, it definitely was one of the highlights of my career. I mean, to be able to go and do that. I'm, I'm forever in your debt for inviting me because I think there were two teachers that you invited from North America. Mm-hmm. So it, it was Andrew and myself, right? I mean, it's Andrew, there's you, um, Lisa Martin, uh, okay, Bill, yeah. Yodov, Bill Yodov was there. Okay. Um, so, so it wasn't quite, as, but still it was, there's a small group of, of educators from North America. Yeah. 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 So we, less, we needed to be global, right? I mean, it's the United right. Nations. They want to make sure we have like, you know, global representation. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And I, I, I was glad I, I made the cut. <laughs> so like, I'm forever in your debt, but it, it was so awesome. Just Vienna is just an awesome city. I'd actually been there just in the winter in January uh, on our way to Prague, we went to Vienna, Budapest and Prague. And awesome. so we, we visited there in the winter, but actually being in the United Nations building, being there in the spring is much different than being there in the winter. Uh, it was a great, great city. Vienna is just a wonderful city and the experience of going into the UN building every day and kind of working with the United we Nations. We were working. People. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the college kids that were there too, they're uh, representatives of college conferences from all around the world, meeting other educators from Argentina, from Egypt that all had uh, different experiences with what they're trying to do. The only difficult thing was everybody was trying to get us to go to their conference because they heard that we went to conferences all around the world. And I'm like, well, we don't do them all in a year. We've done this over the last 26 years. So right. we go to one or two conferences a year and we change it up, but it's not, you know, I can't go to Egypt, Argentina and all these other places, <sighs> well, uh, you know, all of a sudden. You'll have to create a, a plan, but um, yeah. that was a particularly special conference because the way we organized it, the way we designed it, was we had three different tracks going. One was a track of college, like active college students who were leaders in their MUN programs. We had another track of MUN educators. So advisors, directors, teachers, right? Who led MUN programs around the world. And the third track was actually UN officers who represented different offices in different countries that wanted to use, um, like reach out to MUN organizations in their region and find a way to do outreach and partnership. And all of it was under the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, but specifically the Education for Justice initiative, where our role was, um, what the UN wanted <clears throat> was to teach students about peace, justice, and the rule of law through Model UN. Mm -hmm. And a key highlight of that whole uh, week, um, which I remember talking to you about, was that um, we were, you know, throughout the week, getting the students, the educators and the UN officers to kind of start working together and figure out ways that they could, you know, partner in the future. But we featured a model UN debate using the official like United Nations rules of procedure mm -hmm. and facilitating that. And you told me that was the first, first conference. time. Yeah. That you'd ever participated as a yeah. delegate in a model UN conference. Absolutely. And I was nervous. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to mess up in front of all these college kids and the United Nations officers and other teachers. I thought they were going to judge me, but luckily you guys didn't do awards. So, <laughs> but, but if you remember, you did give me a certificate at the end and I ended up mm -hmm. taking a picture with one of the gavels and posting it on our uh, social media accounts and saying that I want to, want to, want a gavel at the UN conference in Vienna. So. <laughs> <laughs> um that's really it not, I mean, not factually true but they didn't know 
wow, <laughs> this is what we teach in Maldi, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, John, for me, that was like, honestly, like a super, super cool moment because I remember at the end of the conference and, you know, we met, we were all staying at the same hotel, but, um, you know, I was just, just reflecting on like, wow. Yeah. I, I had known you for like almost 20 years in that point, And you were there for my first MUN conference. And in a funny way, like I was, I was there for yours, like as a yeah. delegate. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I also remember being able to share the picture of you as a freshman in high school with everybody at the conference too. So that must've been. Oh my God. Fun, That's fun right. For you. Yeah. That's so right. The, the, the magic of having every picture I've ever taken on the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing would be um, to the students. I asked this, if, if you have any words for students getting started in Model UN, but for you, I would like to ask uh, for teachers who are getting started in Model UN, do you have uh, anything that you want to share with them that, that could help them out? I would say that the most important thing you need to do is sign up for a conference and get your students to go to a conference. Oftentimes I get teachers that say, oh, can we have our students come and watch what's going on? And that's not really going to get them involved. <laughs> you need to actually attend a conference and go to the conference to see what it's like. And those kids will get excited about participating in the conference, even if they're not participating at that conference the first time they go, they're going to get excited by the debate that's going on, the students that are participating, and they're going to say, hey, I want to go to another one of those. And I want to participate this time. I'm going to do the research. I'm going to get involved. And they'll go back and they'll get some of their friends and they'll have a bigger group going to the next conference. So I think it's really important to go to an MUN conference and experience it both for yourself as a teacher and as a student, because when I started MUN, I sat down with those kids in the library and they tried to explain it to me again and again and again. I was like, no, but what do you do at an MUN conference? So like, we debate the issues. And I'm like, I don't, what does that look like? What do you mean you debate the issues? <laughs> explain to me exactly. Well, there's a speaker's time and then there's comments. And I'm like, I don't, what is, what do you mean? And then I saw it in action. I was like, oh, okay, I got this. I understand what this is. You're just debating the issues. They're like, that's what we told you. <laughs> like, but it makes more sense when you see it in action and you see all the students and they're dressed up and they're giving their speeches and you're, you're listening to it and you're, you're hearing them debate and negotiate all these uh, international problems that are facing the world. And it's really kind of impressive to hear students discussing problems in our world and, and possible solutions. It's, they don't always have the best ideas, but they at least acknowledge what the problems are. And that somebody needs to think of solutions to solve these problems in our world. So that's awesome. John, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I want to express my appreciation for you. Like, again, you've been one of the earliest like teachers, MUN advisors, like MUN professionals that I've known. Um, we're supportive, best delegate when Kevin and I were getting it all started. Um, just thank you so much for your impact on me and on Best Delegate and um, the impact and your dedication to your students and to fellow teachers. I know other teachers have reached out to you and gotten started because of you. So just thank you so much. Thank you for having me here, Ryan. Appreciate it. Always glad to talk with you about Maldi United Nations. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Model United Nations podcast by Best Delegate. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, then I encourage you to subscribe and follow on whatever platform you're using to listen to podcasts. And if you're interested in getting started in Model UN or taking your Model UN skills or your Model UN club to the next level, then I encourage you to check out Best Delegates Model UN programs at learnmodeluen.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Ryan Villanueva, and thank you for listening.